and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang uh, out in OKC, uh, starting off this heat road trip. Anthony, what's going on? I'm not in Miami anymore. No, no? definitely not. In Miami I see you're wearing anymore. long sleeves right now. You're wearing like a sweat <laughs> sweater there. Uh, it's so, kind of cold. Uh, I got a shirt with turtles on right now. So the dichotomy of America right here. I'm, I'm jealous of you right now. I'm jealous. Yes. Yeah. Pretty, pretty nice cold job. out here. It's like 30s. Yeah. Like, yeah, Oklahoma City, tough. I feel like that's cold, but we'll get through it. Um, all right, so heat on the road, uh, and we're not overreacting this week, uh, as we promised we wouldn't. Um, not that there was a whole lot to really get excited about with the heat this week. Um, two and one since we last talked, but with a loss to the Spurs at home, who were maybe the worst team in the league. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not not great stuff for Miami. They uh, come back on Monday and um, at least get a win against the Pacers, who I don't think is like really impressing anyone. But the Pacers have been pretty good this year and are a team that the Heat is chasing uh, in the playoff race. Uh, they'll play Heat will play tonight, kicking off a uh, three game trip. Yeah, three game trip um, in Oklahoma City. So that'll that game will have already happened by the time you guys are all listening to this. Um, Anthony, as you joked before we we started, uh, we're talking about the same thing for the the eighth straight week because uh, other than the fact that we've occasionally vacillated between thinking, ah, oh, maybe they figured some things out and and not, it is uh, kind of like status quo for the Heat. I, I'd say like slight improvements here and there with the roster. Clearly, this team looks better when Jimmy's out there. He won't play tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, Bam, I I think has been kind of playing some of the best basketball of his career over the last uh, few weeks here. The defense is trending, slowly trending in the right direction as it has been for a while. Um, let's, just, let's just do your temperature check. How, how, are we, uh, how are we feeling right now? I think it's incredible that Eric Spolscher continues to manufacture top 10 defenses. Um, they have the eighth best defense right now. Yeah. <laughs> and like, They've played basically zone for most of the year. They've had a bunch of injuries. And we talked about this, David, but, like, it's pretty incredible how you look up and they're a top 10 defense. Like, they probably – they doesn't seem that way, but they're number eight right now. So that's impressive. That's a positive, right? Um, but the offense has just been terrible. Like, just yeah. just awful. It went 87 four- to 82 on uh, – what was that, Monday night? Mon- Monday – Monday night. Monday night? Yeah, Monday night. Yeah. My days are mixed up. But they have yeah. the fourth worst offense in the NBA at the moment. That is yeah. just, I mean, obviously that's not a formula for success. We've talked about them having a top 10 defense and like just an average offense. That would probably get them a top four seed. Yeah. But when they have one of the wor- league's worst offenses, um, that's a big issue. And, you know, some of that is injuries, but some of that is, look, they've been healthy for the past week for the yeah. most part, and they haven't really been any better on that end. Um, the three-point shooting has been really bad. Huge drop-off. Like if they if they just shoot close to what they shot last year, they probably do have an average offense right now. Like mm-hmm. I think three-point shooting has all to do with it, which we've, which we've touched on. I feel like for the past yeah. two months. Um, but yeah, like I think that's where things stand right now. Their defense is trending in a positive direction, playing more man defense, which is good. But the offense, my God, um, not good at all. Yeah, it, it's um, you know some of it is. Like you said, the three-point percentage, I think, you know, it's kind of the – it feels like it's a team-wide, you know, Duncan Robinson situation, right, that we talked about so much throughout last year where we just kept the confidence that it was going to 
tick up and get close to closer to normal. And it never obviously got back to where he was. Um, basically, the, the the couple of years that got him his his giant contract, but it did trend up in the right direction. And I still feel that way about the three point shooting for this group is that it's kind of normalized. Like they're they could basically change nothing and do nothing better other than shoot better the rest of yeah. the way or shoot close, shoot basically expectation. And they would have probably a top 20 offense by the end of the year. Cause they're just not going to shoot this poorly all year. I don't think, I don't think um, so, but, but yeah, they, yeah. It, I mean, either way, even if they shoot the lights out the rest of the way, like, and stay healthy, this clearly is just not, um, you know, not a good enough offensive group to to be more like you said. Maybe they could be a top four seed with the defense they have if they get their offense to middle of the pack. But um, to actually do anything meaningful, like it's you know, the, it kind of I don't want to say like the the league is like past them, but obviously that is something we talked about uh, where a lot of their uh, competition in the East really upgraded, and obviously like I, I think. You know, Boston going on their incredible run to start the year, like made it made the gap between the Heat and teams like Boston and Milwaukee and, and obviously Cleveland, as we've said, is probably number three right now, feel wider than it has been in, in the last couple of years where it felt like the Heat was in that upper echelon. But, um, yeah, I mean, the offense, like the league's offenses just keep getting better and better. Right. And the heats not you know obviously is worse but even if they were the same as they were last year would probably be i don't know where their offensive rating would rank in the league this year if you just transpose it over but you know offenses get everyone can shoot right everyone can everyone has two or three guards who can create in the heat who have always been doing it as we've said a lot unorthodoxly with uh the two best players not being three-point shooters and your two best players being a uh, pass first center and Jimmy Butler. I don't even know how to define Jimmy Butler as a player, but it's they've always done it unorthodox. Um, and you know, you're you're like we said. I think we talked about this last week. You're starting to feel a little bit of it this year, where just you need a guy. Like you, you you're leaning on a lot of undrafted guys and two way guys, and um, it was a great story for a while. But right now, you're you're still feeling it, where it it's not. It's not working the way, obviously, that it has in the last couple of years. Yes, I think if like they would have if they would have shoot the same percentage as they did last year, which obviously was an NBA best, they probably would have like at least five more wins right now, which is easy to say. It's pretty like simplistic. Yeah, they played a lot of close games. They played a lot of yeah, they played a lot of close games, and I mean that's the difference between being you know five games under 500 and what 10 games over 500. Like that's a huge difference. So. If you want to point to one thing that I think has been the biggest difference from last year, I think it's three-point shooting. I mean, pretty much everybody on the roster, every shooter on the roster has taken a step back other than Caleb Martin. Um, and, and I've talked to guys about it and, like, why it's happening. And, you know, they, it's hard for them to explain. But, like, Max and Caleb both said that they're not – like, not as many threes are coming into flow, which is how this offense plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the assist rate on the made threes, it is down significantly from last year. So – there are more self-created threes, which is not really what this team, how this team generates those type of shots. So that I think that's part of it. Um, but then we look at the offense as a whole. Like it is kind of surprising because look at Bam Adebayo. He's having basically one of the best seasons of his career offensively. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero doing what Tyler Hero does, kind of what you expect. Jimmy having one of the most efficient uh, offensive seasons of his career. Um, 
up until last game, they had three guys averaging 20 or more points. I think Tyler and I was like just under that, but like I yeah. think they were the only team, or maybe one of definitely one of the yeah, only. Yeah, I mean, teams. when's the last time they had that? Like yeah. they even do that in the big three era? Like uh, I don't yeah. know. And like they're still bottom five offense, and I think some a lot of that is just the balance of the roster. Like they're getting pretty much nothing from the bench. Um, right. Second lowest scoring bench in the NBA after last year they led the league in bench scoring mostly because of Tyler Hero. But just yeah, the balance of the roster just seems off, right? Like you have those three top heavy, the, you're top heavy with those three guys, and after that you're not really getting much from anybody. Um, yeah. And you know I think they're trying to find the right mix, the right combinations, but you know they they really haven't yet offensively. Yeah, which when we talk about talking about the same things over and over again, we I think we had this pretty much exact same conversation last year that last year that the whole story behind this team was they could plug in anyone yeah. and it worked. You know, remember the Kyle Guy era? Like it was just like random guys they were picking up off the street during that. They weathered that COVID December, January where everyone was missing guys. And, you know, obviously Bam missed a lot of time early in the year and. Kyle Lowry didn't play a lot, and Jimmy missed his requisite 15 to 20 games, and none of it mattered, and that just has not been the case this year. And again, they were playing, I think, with some really thin margins um, because of the way they were they were built. You know, they were building the roster partially out of necessity, right? I mean, like it's it's really hard to when you're a contender year in and year out, which the Heat mostly has been for the basically the entire Jimmy Butler era. Um, it's really hard to uh, get good role players um, unless you're getting like veteran minimum guys, which the Heat really has not done, um, or you're nailing every fringe acquisition, um, whether that be a draft, you know, late first round draft picks, which you know the the Precious pick was a good pick and they used it to to turn it into Kyle Lowry and you know the Jovic pick. I think we both think is going to be a good pick, but he's just um, not an everyday contributor, no. obviously, right now. Um, and then they nailed so many second and undrafted guys, but um, it's it, that's like a really hard. It's really hard to keep doing over and over again. And and again, I think that that more than anything, and and oh, and just the fact that Jimmy Butler probably hasn't played as much as he'd probably like, and and all that kind of stuff is. Above all else, I think what what this team's issues are. Um, it's interesting because when we talk about the Heat um, in the off season, so much of it, and, and not you know, we obviously talked a lot about the role players because the whole one of the big questions this Heat team had coming in the season was how are they going to replace PJ Tucker. Um, but you know, so much of the talk about what do the Heat need to add, it comes down to stars. And right now, it kind of doesn't feel like, as long as Jimmy and is healthy and you know, Tyler's clearly trending in the right direction. It, it doesn't feel like they need like another big gun, right? It, they, no. they just need some depth pieces. Um, and um, in some ways that is easier to get around the trade deadline, right? Like we, he do it every year, right? They, whether it's Andrea Godala, um, Victor Oladipo, I think would have qualified in that moment. Um there's uh who, who else am I forgetting? They've had a lot over the last couple of years. Uh Trevor Ariza, Jay Crowder, right? Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Yeah. Um but in some ways that's harder to do because those guys the hit rate is you know, yeah. if you got like if you trade for Bradley Bill, you know he's gonna be good, right? Um if you trade for Trevor Ariza, he might ultimately be kind of like a non factor. And that and that's what I think. And Trevor Ariza was one that didn't really work out. 
you know. Right, exactly. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, you yeah. know, for every Jay Crowder or, um, uh, you know, even Victor Oladipo, I would say, has mostly worked out for what they they did for that deal. Um, there's a Trevor Ariza, or you know, Andre Iguodala was important, but ultimately, like, you know, yeah, he was not a real difference maker. I don't think for that team. Like, it's it's hard to to build a bench, and especially with the Heat. You know, adding one guy would make a big difference, right? Um, or getting one guy to play better would make a big difference just because it knocks everyone down a peg, right, in, in the level of importance. But um, that's harder to find. In some ways, like I said, harder to find than than a star where the challenge is how do you put a deal together? This is how do you find the guy, know he's the right fit, know he's, um, you know, know that he is a – you know, a B player, or a C plus player who will be accentuated by what you do rather than an A or A minus player who's just like is going to be good or, or you know, at least pretty good in any context. Yeah, and I think your point is a good one where the starting lineup has been really, really good yeah. together. Like you like, said, they have three guys score averaging 20 points a game, basically. Um, yeah. Like, and then they're, you throw they're... in Caleb Martin. Like, it's weird because you know, we I think we t- probably talked about this, too, but the fact that the big question this team had was how are they going to replace PJ Tucker? Well, Caleb Martin's been like, yeah, that, that yeah, to me is the least of their better problems. Better than PJ Tucker, yeah. right? Like that's that's the least of their problems. I think, yeah, I think the Heat made the right call by keeping Caleb or PJ. If that was the cho- if you had to choose between one, yeah. like I think they made the right call. He's younger. He's a he's a, a player that continues to improve. Um, he's obviously shown growth in his game this year. I think maybe the the only criticism we have is like Caleb off the bench would be great, right? Like, right, that's be nice to have him as bench. That's the thing. Like, Caleb from your eighth man yeah. to your fifth starter, basically. Fifth starter, right? Um, but yeah, like starting lineup, outscoring teams by ten point six points per hundred possessions, which is dominant. Like, that's among the best yeah. in the NBA. You can't ask for much more from them. But the bench, that's where they need. They need to add depth. Right now, Eric Spolstra is trusting eight guys, Gabe Vincent out, eight guys pretty much, and. Hayward Highsmith isn't playing. Um, drawing a blank, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's not trusting many guys right now. And and really, like, you look at Dwayne Denman's on off, like, bless him, right? He's playing through his foot pain, and like that's he's toughing it out. Um, but his minutes have been not good, right? Like the Heat are outscored, being outscored by 10.3 points per 100 possessions. If they just got a guy who would keep it even, like just keep it level when Bam is out. They'd be so much better. Like with Bam in yeah. the game, they're they're fine. They're 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 uh, one of the best teams in the in the East. If when Bam's in the game, but when he's out of the game, those 12 to 15 minutes a game, that's where everything goes sideways. And yeah, I think like you know, you, everyone wants the big name right for this team, but if this front office found a way to trade for a very serviceable big man or just mm-hmm. a certain like a couple bench players that could really make an impact. They, that that could be the difference with them being like a playing team and a team that has home court in the first round. Truly, like that's how that's how thin the margin is right now for this roster. So that kind of brings us to the topic I know we both wanted to focus on, and and it is with this team struggling. Obviously, a team with expectations, as we kind of alluded to, like eventually, you know, we're still a long way from the trade deadline. Um, but eventually, if this team keeps kind of treading water in this regard, where they're you know, they got a real good chance to get above 500 this week, obviously three road games, but against the three worst teams in the West, like let's say they're, let's say there are a couple games above 500 when we get to the new year. Um, 
it's going to kind of feel like that if they, you know, they're going to have a decision to make, right? Are, are they going to just say, all right, we'll ride this out and see where these guys can get us and reassess in the off season, or they're going to have a question. Like I said, well, you know, it's hard. It's going to be hard for them to trade for a star, but um, you know, what are they going to add? What, or, or can they make an addition, whether it is a star player or a bench guy, a, a Trevor Ariza or a, a, a Jay Crowder? um type player um what what's the sense you have right now again no noting that they have a long way to go before they have to make these decisions but you know yeah. we're it's it's december 14th right now we're, we're getting pretty close to christmas which is in some ways kind of feels like the moment in the nba season where you kind of feel like you know what the shape of the league is um what's the sense you're getting right now about what they can do other than say i hope some guys start playing better yeah i mean it is getting to that time of the season there aren't many trades in december but a lot of guys become available to be traded tomorrow actually on december 15th um oh, there we go when you guys are listening to this good timing yes um a lot of most of the signings from this past summer um become eligible to be tra- eligible to be traded on thursday so udonis has Michaela martin on that list they're not um, trading you day they're not going to trade ud most likely <laughs> Caleb Martin is playing really well. He's not a problem. He's not the problem with this roster. Um, and then Dwayne Denman and Victor Lodipo become eligible to be traded January 15th. I think that's the date that I would say after that is when I think things really start to open up because then everybody pretty much is eligible to be mm-hmm. traded. Um, and you have a really good like read on the rest of the league and which teams are selling, which teams are buying. Like right now, there's so much. I mean, there's parity in the NBA right now, and like there's so many teams that feel like they're in it even though they're not. But I think in a month that list will get a little smaller. Um, I think it's worth noting, too, that Victor Oladipo can't be traded without his consent this season. It's like I've, I've seen some like um, hypothetical trades put out there, like Victor Oladipo and, I don't know, a pick or a second-round pick for, for Jay Crowder. Um, Victor Oladipo has control over that. He does. He can say, I don't want to be sent to Phoenix, and that won't, not, that won't happen. So that's, that's worth noting. But, yeah, I think... I would be surprised if this team doesn't make a trade. That's just my gut. I'm not reporting that, but, like, that's just my gut. Yeah. Like, it just – how could they move forward with the way this looks right now? Even if it's a small trade, like, I'd be surprised if they don't make some type of move to shake things up and maybe try to add depth. Uh, again, because, like, yeah, you know, you have young players on this team, but the window is right now. Like, Jimmy is not getting any younger. He's already missing a lot of games. Kyle Lowry, obviously, is 36 years old. Like, you have to go for it right now. And – I'm not saying a, a move for a bench player is going to make them a championship team, but it definitely makes, if they get the right guy, it will definitely push them closer to that. So, um, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they don't make some type of move in the next few months. Yeah, I mean, I, I think talking about championship with this team is, at this point, like, ludicrous, yeah, right? right. Like, the whole, the whole point of, you know, like you said, the window is tight, but I don't think anyone thinks this is the last year of the window, right? Like, I mean, obviously the Heat want to keep this rolling forever, right? You pass it from Jimmy to, to Bam yeah. and Tyler and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so so making a move to get a guy, even if it's not enough to put you over Boston or Milwaukee, well, one, maybe an injury happens somewhere and, and all of a sudden you are. Um, or, again, I think we both of us feel like the Heat are, just because of the way Jimmy plays, a better playoff team than a regular season team. But, um, you know, getting a, if you get a, a role player at the trade deadline, 
um, it it helps you going into next year, right? Even if that guy does not stick around, it it or, or even if you you know if even if you're getting a guy who's on an expiring deal, I should say, um, you know, the Heat have done that before, where they've gotten guys ahead of the trade deadline or ahead of the trade deadline and realized they're a good fit. You know, obviously Victor Oladipo has been they they got him as an expiring deal and he's now something like a core piece, right? They've, they've had him, obviously the injuries have, have kept him off the field for the most part, but he's out there and has been with the organization kind of for a long time now. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's, I mean, we know the way that the heat operates where they're always going to be aggressive. They're always going to pursue all angles. Um, and uh, this team needs it right now. Like that, that's kind of like, they're not going to just, they're not going to sell, right? And they're not going to just sit on their hands. So there's only one thing to do, and that's go get a guy. I will say a tricky thing is like to add depth. You're probably trading away depth, right? Because yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're trading. I mean, you're more trading like fit for fit, right? Yeah, because like I mean, you're not going to get away with adding a, a a quality bench player by just trading Haywood Highsmith, right? Like it's going to have to right. be like a Gabe Vincent or a Max Struess or a Victor Oladipo if he approves, right? Like, it's going to be depth for depth. So that's the tricky thing. And, you know, I, the luxury tax, I don't know if, like, they would be willing to go over the tax with the looming repeater tax, like, just for a move like that. I'm not sure. So you, that also might be, like, a mm-hmm. an obstacle because they can't take in more money than they send out because um, they're so close to the tax line. Um, so it is tricky. And, and you don't have so many guys that you, teams want, right? Like, yeah. you're not going to trade your core three, core four, and then after that, like, how many guys after that do teams really see as an asset? I don't know. So it's easy to put you go in the trade machine and think of different ways you can get player X, but it's not. It isn't obviously that easy. But I still do expect some type of small move, at least, yeah. Um, yeah. because how could they not right now? Yeah, and there's a lot of teams that are in the Heat station, right, where you're a 500 team that you. You know, you know, inevitably they're gonna kind of do nothing, yeah. right? And that that's just not the way the Heat is wired. That's not what twenty years of Pat Riley, twenty plus years of thirty years. How how long is that? Thirty years of Pat Riley led uh Heat basketball? Not quite that. Twenty five years. Twenty seven years, I think. Yeah, twenty five years of Pat years. Riley, something like that. Of Pat Riley led Heat basketball has has told us that they're not gonna just do nothing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what what kind of move do you think? Like I, I don't think any like they're not gonna get a star this year, right? Like they're gonna get Kevin Durant. Yeah, exactly. Like what? What <laughs> I'm is kidding, the? By what way, is, I'm kidding. What is? What is the piece you feel like they should be looking at? Like what? What do you feel like? Again, this bench across the board has been bad, so it's not like there's like one weakness, right? You need to find a guy who is going to elevate the whole group. So what? What is it like? What? What's the piece there that can maybe hold up? that unit a little bit better what 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 do you what kind of guys are you have an eye on you don't have to name names with the type of players i mean i mean i'll say the names that i've been like floating around as guys who might be available right um, yeah bogan bogdanovich is one from detroit that yeah his defense isn't great but he is he just lit up the heat for 30 plus points i like i like bogdanovich. he's i mean he's a, he's a good scorer off the bench he can provide that spark this team this they're not getting much offense from their bench they need that um they need shooting he's a veteran he'd make sense right um 
Sadiq Bey, which I'm kind of surprised by, but there was a report yesterday from the Athletic that Sadiq Bey is gettable for like the right I price. Sadiq Bey. He would make a lot of sense. He could play there, like in that small ball four role, even I think he has that body for it. Um, he's a good shooter. He's young. Again, I don't know if he'd have enough to get a guy like that, but I mean, these are just some names that they're interesting. Like they make sense for Miami right now and what they need. And if they get a guy like that, all of a sudden, yeah, they might not be able to make up the ground to get to the top, a top three seed. But I mean, I would put them at the level of like a four, yeah. three seed in the East. Yeah, so, I mean, the four is the, the yeah. like, I think a reasonable expectation for where this team can get to. And then, like you said, you need a break or two. Fun fact about Sadiq Bay, uh, he was silently committed to Miami at one point during his recruiting really? process. Yeah, and oh, then it was the FBI thing happened, like, right. I think he took a visit, like, the week before the FBI thing went down and then ended up at uh, Villanova instead and um, had a very good career there. But he had, the, so. he had the, uh, you know, the gym, he's from D.C., so he's got the Jim Laranega, Chris Caputo connection. So, okay. um, so I'm sure he would enjoy coming to Miami. I was going to say, um, so he wouldn't be against it then. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, another name that, and this is not one that's floating around, but just one that makes sense to me. And I, I, again, I don't know if they have enough to do something like this, and they don't, I don't know if they have the picks to get this done. But Kelly Olynyk would make a lot of sense for this team. Having a good year. Having a good year. He could play as a backup five. He could play next to Bam, as we know. Yeah. Um, he fits both of those roles. He's a good shooter. Um, it, that would just he would plug so many holes for this team right now that I think it just makes a lot of sense. But the thing is, Utah is probably going to want picks with, with, you know, considering where they are right now as a rebuilding yeah. team. Um, so, and I don't know if he would probably, they probably won't be willing to give up first round picks for Kelly Olenek, but he's just a name that just makes sense to me. Makes too much mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the, the common thread you're kind of hitting with some of those guys, they're, they're all scorers. And yeah. the biggest thing, obviously the heat is, I'm sure feels like they're missing from the bench is Tyler hero, right? Like he could cover up, a lot of the ills with the bench and the bench in a lot of ways last year went as he went, right? His awesome nights. Like it doesn't matter how, if Max Drews is hitting shots, right? If Tyler is scoring 22 off the bench um, like that, that it covers up, you know, it, it let, like we said, they have a unique mix of guys where it's a lot mm-hmm. of undrafted guys, a lot of former two way guys, um, you know, not a lot, you know, no one on that bench at any point in their career has been like, uh, I, I would say has like had a reputation as a scorer. And, you know, you look at benches across the league, a lot of times there's veterans who at one point were maybe like the lead guard somewhere um, or, you know, have that reputation as the scoring punch six man who maybe never is more than a six man because the defense stinks. Um, the Heat has all the, you know, like, again, the three-point shooting has been bad from guys this year but they have you got max Drews and duncan robinson like those are classic bench archetypes right the shooter mm-hmm. off the bench um Dwayne deadman has been bad this year but he's classic you know bench yeah. archetype backup center and he, um, and he was good the last few years like Dwayne deadman yeah exactly was really good last two years um, for his role gabe vincent is classic ben you know backup point guard right undersized like bench archetype there but the one that they're, they're missing is is that score and Obviously, uh, Bogdanovich would fill that. Um, I think Sadiq Bey, although I think of him more as a shooter than just mm-hmm. a creative, that is a guy who had scored 40 points in an NBA game last year, right? Like, he, he's a, a rock-solid scorer and young, and, and if, like, that that's a guy, like, because of how old he is and how good he is right now, like, 
that's kind of, I don't know, feels like the home run addition you could make. Like, I don't know, can't you see him having a, a Danny Green type career, right? Like, that's, yeah, he's, he's got a chance. I mean, he's still young and, and good. Um, and even Olenek, who's obviously a center, is um, in some ways, like, he fits that archetype of the guy who could be a scorer because we've seen that from, you know, he's obviously older now, but uh, he can shoot, but he can also create a little bit. Like, I think that's always been an underrated part of, of Kelly's game is his ability to get into the high post and hit tough twos, mm-hmm. right? Like that guy had a signature moment in the NBA playoffs when he knocked the wizards out in uh, game seven of the second round a couple of years ago. Like they're, they're they're badly missing that guy, and, and I think um, that is the piece that it feels like they need. Um, yeah. Again, it's all easier said than done, though. It like is. Jay Crowder I, has obviously been an object of fascination, but I really kind of don't know how much Jay Crowder does for this group. Um, he, like obviously he helps, but like like you said, Caleb Martin is in the least of this team's issues, and and Jay Crowder felt like when we were talking about him in the off season, it was like, can he be the PJ? replacement yeah. well they've got that they, they got to find something else right and like if 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 they get jay crowder do you take caleb out of the starting lineup like right i don't and then know you just got another guy who's not like a great scorer off the bench like oh. cool yeah I, I mean i i think probably the right move would be to put caleb to the bench because he can at least like score i guess yeah better than jay crowder can he can kind of fit a little bit of that role maybe that's the 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 benefit of that type of move but man it's it feels tough to pull Caleb out of the starting group right now with the way he's playing, right? Like that, yeah. that just feels wrong. Um, so yeah, I think, I, th- I think you're right. Like it's not that they need a four at this point. They need some depth. They need scoring depth off the bench offense. Um, and yeah, that's why all those names, like that's the common thread that we just like pointed out is they can yeah. all score and, and they provide that. All right. Uh, you got to get out to shoot around. I got to get out yes. to Panthers practice. So I think we should wrap this up. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, he's got the whole road trip. Or are you not going to Mexico City? I am not going to Mexico City. I was in Indy a few nights ago and then uh-huh. OKC today and then Houston tomorrow and then home. There you go. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson, too. Um, you know, kind of still football season, I guess, for the most part. Signing day coming up. Big, big, big commitment for the Canes on uh Ruben Bain. Night, getting Ruben Bain, yeah. um, who, uh, you know, a, a reigning defensive player of the year at, at the Herald. And I feel pretty confident we have not made any decisions yet, but feel pretty confident he's going to win that award again this year with 28 sacks already uh, at the state cr- championship coming up. So oh, I almost cursed. Yeah. <laughs> 28 sacks. Yeah. So, oh my God. I'll tell you what, a lot of high school coaches inflate the numbers, right? You, I mean, you covered high schools at one point, you know yeah. that when you're doing all County guys will be like, he threw for, 33,000 yards. Yeah. <laughs> 3, yards. Like, uh, you yeah. know, he didn't. Uh, I've seen Ruben Bain play a lot, and every time I watch him, he gets like two or three sacks. So, 28 um, doesn't sound that far fetched to me. Now, the fifth best recruiting class right now, according to Yeah, it's pretty seven. good. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they got some guys they got to hang on to, and we'll see how much more they can add. But I, it's going to be a good recruiting class, no doubt. The U is back. The U is back. Uh, All right. Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.